I am your host, Al, for today, joined by Frank, Pete, and James. But we're all here to talk to you about WandaVision, the show that's on Disney Plus that everyone seems to be following, the mysteries all around. Be warned ahead of time that this is going to be a spoiler conversation. We want to talk about everything up until the most recent episode. We're going to try and just cover as much of our feelings and processes about everything up to this point and just sort of like, you know. It's not the last episode, which has not aired yet. Yeah. At the time of this recording. At the time of this recording. Yeah, like you can't make it so that it never aired. That would be. <laughs> you have powers, no. Uh, yeah, I great. Uh, should we just do like the one minute, like what our big feelings are? Sure. I mean, I think that like I've have never been so hot cold on a show in my entire life, mm-hmm. but like I still can't stop watching it. Like every week, I'm like, oh my god, Wandavision. I That's gotta, all like- Marvel needs from you, Al. <laughs> if you hate watch it, as long as you watch it. Uh, <laughs> but I don't hate watching. I do enjoy it. I just like I'm frustrated nine times out of ten when I see it. I'm like, oh, what is happening? Uh, I am on the other hand loving every minute of it so much so that I did not want to be on this show. This show <laughs> that we're doing now. I was like, I don't want to hear it. I don't care. You don't like it. That's fine. <laughs> I don't care. I'm enjoying myself. I love every moment of this. I was raised by television and I enjoy uh, this program very much. So I yeah I, I there's a few things here and there that I could talk about and you know dissect but loved it yeah I'm definitely super overall positive like really enjoying the show hardcore um, I, I think like Frank there are only a couple of things I feel like uh, I'm jo- I'm not so jiving with uh, uh, Pete and I think actually I think share a a, a, a little feeling um, but. Yeah, overall, I'm really liking it. And also, like you, Frank, maybe not so much raised on TV, but as a connoisseur of television and the uh, the things that go into making television, uh, you know, it's just a really, really neat show. Connoisseur. <laughs> I'm enjoying it, uh, but oddly enough, I'm not excited for the new episodes. I, I, I it, it's weird. It's like a chore almost to get up the nerve to watch it sometimes. Where is this going? I don't I know. Don't but it's a chore. <laughs> uh, time for another WandaVision, I guess. Uh, we have some undiagnosed issues on this show. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm the only one who has the right opinion. I'll do most of the talking today. You won't have to suffer through everybody else's knitting, um or connoisseuring. Connoisseuring will be on in uh, replacing that ride in Epcot. Inside track. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. No idea you were such a connoisseur. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Okay. I guess we got we. I think this panel you assembled, Al, has enough. It runs the gamut of opinions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, what, I'm, what I'm we, curious. What did we think when we first heard about the show? Like, because we, we haven't done like a trailer dump in a long time, and but like when we first heard about Wandavision, like what were our expectations and what were we thinking was going to go on? Because like this is pretty much what I expected. Like when I was when I'm watching now is like what seems to be advertised. But I don't know what you guys' impressions were. Um, if if I could start, I feel like there's kind of like two ways to look at this. I think I was excited. I was a little frustrated by kind of uh, excited and frustrated by Marvel's new take on television. Uh, I know a lot of us have been fans of or have, you know, 
you know, we were big into the previous kind of iteration of Marvel television, the slightly disconnected version. Um, and well, I was excited for big budget, uh, you know, Disney plus Kevin Feige run productions. I was a little sad that we were kind of like moving away from, you know, the agents of shields and the, you know, the former Netflix era of, of the Marvel television that I think we were all big fans of. Um, kind of then the pandemic happened and we went in, you know, and at the time, right, we had just come off of, what do you call it? We had just come off of Endgame and, and, you know, all this big stuff. And I was like, eh, you know, more Marvel. Eh. Uh, and then we went a year without Marvel stuff. And I feel like that changed my need <laughs> for something to watch that was in the Marvel universe, you know? Didn't realize how much I needed my fix. So yeah, I think that had really helped in uh, enjoying it. What was that? What were you implying that Marvel is responsible for? <laughs> we need a cool down period. We need a car. <laughs> no, not good. Not a good look. Uh, I actually don't remember what I expected of WandaVision when it was originally pitched um, or when we first saw the trailer or whatever. Uh, I know I liked a lot of, of the vi recent Vision books uh, where Vision tries to make a family and it's very weird. Uh, and I was hoping for some of that. Sparky. Uh, yeah. And, Sparky. Yeah, exactly. Sparky. Uh, but I don't know if I had um, a lot like, of expectation for it. Uh, I definitely felt the lack of, of, of comfort food in the terms of comfort television yeah. and, and, you know, movies with friends. Uh, so I, uh, when that first Marvel credit thing came up, uh, I was happy. I enjoyed it. I was so excited to be watching it with you, man. And uh, it it had delivered for me. And it was really nice to to kind of be able to be preoccupied with something that wasn't extreme and you know real. Uh, what about you, Pete? I remember that my original opinion of it was that a it's not the show I want. B it's not going to work with the public. The, the general public is not going to like this show. You won't get them off their track. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like I was wrong. Yeah, I, I'm actually a little bit with Pete on this one. I thought this was going to be kind of a weird niche series that like only guys like us were going to be kind of into. But no, like it seems to have really took off. And I like it's, I guess we were all kind of weirdly starving for Marvel. But like not only that, but like, that style of like hitting all these sitcoms, like that's also like a weird comfort food in its own way. And to have that like served alongside with uh, all this Marvel content, like it, it, it hits really well. Yeah. Um, I know the first two episodes when they were released, that had a lot of people kind of feeling a little weird. Um, and I kind of get that cause it was like two episodes of what is ostensibly like a subpar sitcom. Um, but it's at the same time, I really enjoyed it. I thought those were great. I got really involved in what was going on. It was the subtext in all of it that really, really sold it to me. Yeah, I, I subpar sitcom. I apologize. I don't. I I hear myself and everybody else fine, but it seems like I'm on a little delay. Um, but yeah, I I love those sitcom tropes. Uh, I know every it, different uh, strokes for different folks, right? So I'm not going to fault anyone for not liking what I like. Yeah. But I did enjoy the 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 pastiche of every sitcom that came through. I love the fact that they, they aimed hard for Dick Van Dyke and, and got it. 
I, I spent the next couple of episodes trying to figure out what specific show they were mimicking because they mimicked Dick Van Dyke so well. And I yeah. don't think they did in any other episode. I think every other episode is more pastiche than than an actual um, almost parody. Not quite a parody, but like, you know, stroke for stroke, actual uh, living room setup. Uh, and I love the fact, just to kind of speed this thing up, because we can't be here for eight hours. Yeah, uh, yeah we're not going to do this for every episode. Yeah. That last episode. The one thing that we kind of talked about for the mo the most was um, in our fan club, where we discussed this episode by episode, non-productive.com slash club, join whichever one you want. Uh, but we primi primarily talked about it in a Facebook group. And one of the things I was like, there's we've had no signs that Wanda has any kind of pop culture interest. So I don't know why sitcoms and people were like theorizing Mojo verse <laughs> and all that stuff. And I'm like, I guess it could be anything. I think in this last episode, they did a good job, as good a job as they could do. Of yeah. saying, here's here's the grounding. Um, and yeah, I, I was super impressed by it all the way through yeah i i really liked um i liked that in the last episode where we got that background and it was simple and it was straightforward and it like made sense um you know it was cute and it 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 just you know i think to some degree we all feel that way you know what i mean uh i i guess i didn't really i couldn't relate more to the line when she's like you know is a sitcom, you know, like everything's going to go crazy, but it, at the end, it'll all be okay. And I feel like, you know, with everything going on in the world, I'm like, ah, I just, I could use a little of that right now. You know, that feeling just, you know, resonates, I think, stronger maybe than it might have if this were coming out at such a normal time, which, you know, right. I like. What a nice coincidence. It weirdly, excuse, not excuses, but gives a lot more um, relatability to the situation. Because it's like, how many times have we wished, like, oh god, if like it just worked out like TV? And Wanda now has the ability to just make, no, reality is not what I make it, and it's television, and everything's gonna be solved with wacky hijinks, and it's like it's gonna be fine, everything's gonna be fine, and it's like, damn, and that's that's who hasn't been there, and with the ability to do it, how do you not like? But there, even if there are these weird dire consequences, like it's it's strange, it's all nebulous even now knowing what we know yeah oh i definitely have no idea what her actual abilities are they could they're effectively mi limitless like they are in the comics yeah. um uh, as far as what the series did in terms of using tv to tell stories about tv and our lives i th for me they were mostly hits um i know that uh the, some of some of the people here complained or in our in our conversations every week, complain about like whether or not they hit that strongly. Whether the comedy bits in these sitcoms are that funny, or um, I, I, what was something else? I think Alan, maybe Pete, said it at some point. Uh, Al, you you definitely complained about the terror not being there as much as you. Th like. That was something that hit like uh like a couple times uh, as the series went on because I felt like there was a moment in a couple of the, the episodes like in one, two, three, and a little bit in four, uh, when the laugh track would come on and it would be so unsettling and it would just like drive a shiver up your spine. Yeah. And the problem was at some point, like in, I think episode five, a lot of that kind of washed away and very quickly. And not that I didn't want it to go away because it needed to for the story that they're telling. And there's a lot of intrigue and mystery going on now that we're there. But 
it was still a little bit like that happened really fast and and really quickly and i don't i i, I kind of miss it and but even though but it did replace it with like a lot of other cool things like the episode after that when they wound up doing the malcolm in the middle episode which i think was just as good as the dick van dyke episode was the malcolm in the middle one like a lot of that came back like pietro when he shows up everything he says had me on edge i was like what is going on with this guy yeah. like he's so suspicious and he's creeping me out and he's got the kids with him all the time mm -hmm. like i'm just like i don't trust him and it's really he's creeping me out so it did replace that dread eventually and then when that was uh subsided and there was a you know got another plot it felt much more natural as opposed to that we're done with that we just finished it Pete, you have anything to, to say to that? I can't remember if you had any complaints about the sitcominess or or anything else. I didn't really. I, I did hear a lot of criticism about, you know, oh, the funny bits aren't as funny as they should be. Yeah. You know, it's harder to write for sitcoms than you think. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think that was the point, necessarily. They didn't need to be great sitcoms. You didn't need the great things. You just needed to get the feel of it being a sitcom. Yeah. And I think yeah. they achieved that pretty well. Yeah. I feel like if it was funny, it would have take it would have it wouldn't have felt like a pastiche or a par or a, not a parody, but like it wouldn't have felt like a simulacrum of it would have been possible to do. I don't think you can build I don't think you could, I don't think it would be very easy to do. I don't think you could build that kind of humor when there's when you're aware of the stakes in the background. Yeah. Uh, I think like I said uh like putting the good place aside when you know what the stakes are of what the real world outside the sitcom is, it's, it would be very hard to write it as comedy. Mm -hmm. But more, more importantly, I think, like Pete said, I don't think that's what they were aiming for. Uh, they're definitely trying to be, in a great way, manipulative for what the audience is expecting. Right? From everything to like after credit sequences when they were rarely used, to the stunt casting of bringing Evan Peters in as as Quicksilver. Um, like it's definitely supposed to make you feel uncomfortable even. And I, I apologize. I can't remember the name of the, of who plays. Um, oh God. Uh, from, from the, that 70s show. And the first episode is, is the wife of the boss. And I, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. On her name. I, sure, I just know her as Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, putting her in that role is definitely an attempt to manipulate the audience. Um in a in a way to make you kind of expect one thing and i don't even know if it's a twist but it, it it's it's helping to tell the story with uh with all the tropes that they play with all the production things that they play with uh which i think is just great the show has an amazing production value the 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 production on this has been fantastic everything from switching aspect ratios to the way they've been decorating the sets to the choices of writing in the music to the you know i mean it it, I can't, I am in awe and in envy of the production team because, you know, they have to be so many shows simultaneously, right? They have to be so many things. Uh, but also every time they came to set, they had to do a different show, right? You know, this week we're Dick Van Dyke. This week we're Malcolm in the Middle. You know, right. this scene is straight I Dream of Jeannie. You know, uh, this scene is going to be this, right? This is going to be Brady Bunch. You know, and as they're moving through eras, through time periods, all while jumping back and forth between a traditional Marvel show, 
right? With our, you know, our sword characters or traditional Marvel movie, honestly. Um, You know, and it's just balancing all of that. Um, Well, it hasn't been perfect in my mind. Um, You know, I I can maybe deal with uh, less of another just evil organization kind of being the bad guy. Um, You know, uh, other than that, I think it's just been, it's just been incredible. It's just really, you know, it's just been really fun to watch. Yeah, hats off to the actors there too for like consistently coming in and like, you know, like every single time having to give a different performance and for the most part completely succeeding. Like our leads are amazing, really. It's interesting. And I actually, uh, I'm I'm glad I had a moment to think about Mm -hmm. it because the sitcom bits uh, I, I found more enjoyable than a lot of people did. And I don't want to keep talking about people in absentia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like it. They don't like it. But uh, I, and I think part of it is that. Uh, so it wasn't that the joke was funny. That was written in the script. It's funny how well versed the creators of WandaVision are in the language of the thing they're, they're portraying. So yes. down to from like the outfits characters wear the ridiculous way hair is presented and certain like everything, all of it, it feels like, Oh my God, they've, they basically, they took a, a community college class about like from community. They took a class about <laughs> and then used that to build the sitcom that they were making. It, it's adorable. I, I like it. And in fact, uh, one example, maybe we can move on to like, like roses and thorns so that we could quickly talk about all the things we want to talk about all these episodes. Yeah. yeah. We're going to be here forever. But Pete had one complaint. I'm not throwing it to you, Pete. You don't have to take it. But there was one complaint you had that is my perfect example. My answer to your complaint is the example I'd like to give. Do we want to jump into this? Yeah, let's let's do it. Way down the road here. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't want to do episode by episode. Everyone who's seen this has seen. Yeah, it. yeah. And I will. Uh, I will call out. You know, because I've seen a lot of this. A lot of praise for this on uh, online. Yeah, not just the uh, non-pro fan club, but yeah. the whole internet loved the Agatha All Along song. Right. <laughs> I hated it. It it makes me so angry every time I hear it because it's so smug. You know, it's it just oh, I was weren't we clever? We fooled everybody with this swerve, except for half the internet. <laughs> right. Nobody. The majority, really, yeah. Nobody thought that was Agatha. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, that, that has a lot. I, 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 I accept your feelings. I'm addressing your feelings. You are right to have, to have your own feelings. Uh, but so for me, there was not an element of that song that was um, upfront. Right. It wasn't, haha, we tricked you. This is the twist. This isn't like a, you know, a bad M. Night Shyamalan movie. Like there wasn't any kind of like self congratulatory mm-hmm. patting yourself in the back. We got you. This was a tongue in cheek, obviously, because she had her own theme song, which was. <laughs> Peggy kind of theme song where she's just mm-hmm. laughing the whole time. Um, uh, that it, it was again addressing all the tropes and the uh, the like window dressing of the 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 sitcoms it's it's 
taking it's it's using as pastiches. So it it's it's very aware, it's very meta aware that it's a TV show to the point where it's even going to say this is the twist that you expected from a TV show. But I don't really think that they were ever thinking, oh, this is a legitimate twist that people are going to be shocked by. Um, and I don't think they would have made a song if it was yeah. a twist. I've gone on record on this network talking, complaining about Iron Man 3 and the twist uh, involving the second banana bad guy. Yeah, uh, yeah they are probably in that in that iron man 3 there was probably a lot of like people will never expect this bad guy as being a bad guy but in this one i don't think there was ever that kind of moment where they thought that uh, on it but this is one of the things that i find fun that's why i enjoyed everything even if the malcolm in the middle jokes didn't land as funny it was funny that they knew so much about how those 90s early 2000 sitcoms worked and that's what i liked about it uh, i think you think there was on the set of Iron Man 3 that thought hey can we get Ben Kingsley to sing a song uh, <laughs> I I'm would sure hope he's sing a lot of songs on the set of Iron Man 3 I just don't think <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to do a, a, a Thorin as well I'll go complain something and you can yell at me um, I do not like that it seems pretty damn obvious that the sword organization is led by a director who is evil I forgot his name. I don't even remember the character's name. Yeah, he, Director, he's he's just a, a Hank I don't know, he's, he's a prop. He's a straw man, really. He's just like yeah. random government bad guy. Yeah, and I'm I don't like now. I do not want like I don't need. I don't like it to be like a DC movie where they got funding from the American military. So there's like scenes where the American military is just really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about that at all. But I well, want to have the Marvel movies. <laughs> I don't even know if it happens so much in the Marvel movies, it, but. It, it did, yeah. Yeah, my point is, I don't want to see yet another organization that's just corrupt and misleading. Like, I don't, I don't need people to be white knights standing up against. Uh, like, I don't need to see Monica that way. Uh, it was kind of cool. Monica is like a little bit more rational, but I don't yeah. need her to ignore her military background or her federal clearance or whatever the hell it is to get her point across. I want her to be justified and empowered by the agencies that humans have to build to make themselves feel safe in the ridiculously unsafe environment that they are in. Where, like, literally five years ago, a grimace showed up and snapped. <laughs> <existence>. <laughs> I think it's, it's reasonable for Sword to be a little afraid, and I think it's maybe even yeah. reasonable for Sword to make ro like an army out of uh, a dead robot. I mean, to to some degree, good. I just I'd rather it be gray as opposed to them being like mustache twist twisting. Yeah. I don't like women in power. Which one of you is the caddy one? Although that was a hilarious line. I just I'd rather it not be there. Yeah, I, I definitely. You know, have been not not enjoying, but I feel like I like the sitcom stuff way more than I've enjoyed the Marvel stuff. Um, I, you know, again, I think it comes back to that sort of sword angle, particularly because I think there is a good angle for why you know, hey, we can't let you take Vision's body, or hey, this is why we're dismantling the most powerful weapon in the universe that literally had a, a living will that said, "Don't reassemble me." You know, but the problem is when you reassemble him to be your, you know, your villain, you just become, you know, your weapon, you just become so mustache twirly. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say a big, 
um, positive for me, a big rose that I did like that was in the Marvel stuff was um, getting to see the um, effects of the snap or the blip, blip. whatever they're calling yeah. it, in the other direction. Um, you know, in, in a traumatic way, right? In a way that wasn't necessarily played for laughs because I think that is is accurate and also felt very true to life right now. Uh, yeah. Monica's entire story arc was amazing and the way they presented it. Oh, absolutely. It yeah, wonderful. for sure. Jimmy Woo was great. I, I think oh, he's fantastic. Character, I'd follow him. And Darcy's great too. Uh, yeah, there was a nice lot. Of yeah. Yeah, like, was, I hated Darcy when she first showed up in the in the show, but I'm on board with her now. She's like really funny. Yeah, I, but like uh, the exposition scenes in the Marvel parts were kind of like, all right, it's a little. But I don't know how else you would do it. There's so much to catch up on, unless you have like a deep. And if you have a military organization, and there's a debriefing is a thing, you might as well take advantage of it. Maybe <laughs> not Darcy hacking the mainframe. I'm, I don't need that. I don't need well, it. I don't need ever hacking a mainframe again. <laughs> <laughs> no mainframe hacking. Just get it all, get it away. Uh, uh, Al, did you have a rose or thorn or something? Um, I would say like I, uh, I'm, I'm gonna piggyback off of uh, that. Like I loved Monica's story. I still love Monica's story. Her walking through the hex, that whole scene, I really loved. Um, I don't know, that hit me really hard, and I was like, yeah, like that was, yeah, so much better than everything you said there. We're like disobeying the, the, the thing, like. That didn't feel like no. That felt powerful. Her walking through that, and that whole thing with the different versions of herself all behind, and like just like willing to go through, like that was really good. Um, but yeah, I would say like other things that I was really really enjoying. I really like Vision in this show. Like it, like he's oddly enough. Like I know that's like obviously this is more Wanda's story than his. But if there's like a jolt of comedy that we can get, like he'll find a way to like sneak something in that will like kind of make me laugh in a scene um, to just remind me that like, Oh yeah, it's, it's, have fun here. Like weird stuff's going on, but, and, uh, but like my only problem I've ever found with the show has really been the pacing a little bit. And I've said this so many times on the fan club about how like the episode will end and it will consistently leave a bad taste in my mouth where I'm like, Oh, I didn't like that. Uh, Cause it will build up and build up, build up like, Oh, something's going to happen. Like, and it's like something else happens. And it's like, oh, well, all right, I guess. Yeah. Uh, like, it's okay yeah. to be wrong. It's fine. <laughs> uh, you, it's, it's absolutely, I know that's a trope, but yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah no, a different. I, I feel like every week I'm like, oh, I can't wait. But um, I I feel bad that you don't enjoy it as much as I do because I would no, love yeah. to want somebody to enjoy something, right? Uh, I, piggyback on your yours, Al. Uh, I love that we got that scene of Vision uh, showing why he was, uh, why they had a relationship. Because honestly, I never really had bought into Wanda and Vision's relationship in the movies. I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't, I mean, I'm date whoever you want to date, but I don't really, I don't remember anything being very compelling. Yeah. I, I, maybe they were both in house arrest at the same time. I can't remember. That was <laughs> but, about it. Yeah. No, that's kind of, that's kind of how they presented it here, too. <laughs> Yeah. Well, this last episode where he actually like, you know, shows some real compassion and some insight on on love is cool. And it was an it was a one scene, but it was really worthwhile. And I think these scenes kind of carry a lot more weight than you would expect. Uh, oh, Pete, anything or James or Al? I just want to piggyback off of the acting. I mean, 
Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen are actually like really great actors. Yeah. Like in all the other movies I've seen Marvel them in. Yeah. What was that? I said compared to everybody else in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Look. <laughs> I'm trying to get you in trouble. I want you never to be hired by Marvel. No, but I mean to some degree, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, like I enjoy watching Chris Evans act, but you know what I mean? Sometimes he's just still doing Captain America, even though he's not in a Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> that. Wow. Right? Yeah. I, no, you know, I, I think there are really talented actors, but they've been kind of like C-list in Marvel. They just don't get a lot of airtime. They don't get a lot of, you know, they don't get a lot of time to build all of that stuff that we're supposed to be feeling for them. And just having, you know, 10 hours or nine hours or whatever to spend with them has been awesome. Yeah, I agree with that part. <laughs> part of the did not think you'd be like, yeah, I know that you mentioned it. No, and you mentioned it. Robert cool. Downey Jr. can act. Completely <laughs> Wow. All right. I'm uh, going to do one more nitpicky thorn just please. because it, it just bothers me a little bit. Monica's name. Monica, hmm. they're calling her Monica Rambo. Oh, like like she's related to John Rambo. <laughs> I I it, it's it's spelled R A M B E A U X. B A yeah, something like that. It should be Rambo, not Ram. Yeah, in in my head when I read it in the comics, it was always Rambo. Like the emphasis on the bow, wow. not Rambo, the Force of Freedom. <laughs> right, you know. Yeah, that is that's an idiot fix. Okay, it just irritates me hearing that. Yeah. All I can think of is she should have be strapping a uh, a red bandana on and just firing a submachine gun. I'd watch it, but we're, we've been talking a lot about some of the characters. Let's uh, center this around, like I guess our villains, quote unquote, for lack of a better term. Like, let's talk about how like they brought back the fox guy uh, as to play Quicksilver how big and also weird and yet amazing that is and how well I think that the character of Agatha is coming off in the show. Like I really enjoy her. Uh, I've enjoyed her from episode one onwards. Like I'm a big fan of that. Catherine Conan is great. She's um, in uh, Han is great. She's been, um, she's been in a lot of comedies and like sitcom comedies. Yeah. Uh, so like, she fit into that slot perfectly of this could just be a wacky neighbor. Again, I'm not saying that anybody was actually not aware that there was something weird about her, but um, yeah, she fit in perfectly and I, she seems to be transitioning pretty damn well for yeah. uh, a villain uh, or at least not uh, a character who is um, just the wacky An antagonist, I guess for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think she does great. Evan Peters is the thing that blows my mind because so when he first appeared, again, they are good at manipulating their audience. Uh, when he first appears, the question becomes, what does this mean for the multiverse? <laughs> Which is funny now when we realize that's not supposed to actually be Pietro from like in-universe, nobody thinks that looks like Pietro. Uh, and it's not just a throwaway line like somebody said, like, like Rhodey in Iron Man 2, where like, you look different. Um, no, he does look different. Nobody there recognizes him at all. Uh, 
I don't know what this means. I guess this is where we get to the prediction part of the podcast, which is what most people would be probably tuning into. Yeah. I don't know what this means. What I kind of hope it doesn't mean, but what I think it does mean is that uh, this was just another way the producers were manipulating your expectations for a sitcom, right? So yeah. they they purposely did stunt casting in the real world so that people would feel like there was something ridiculous happening, uh, which was cool. It did work. I don't, I'm not totally upset about it, but it feels like it's a weird way to also tell the world, like, yeah, these Fox movies will never be fantastic. You have no hope of ever appearing. <laughs> joke. It's just super weird because, like, it. I feel like if we didn't know all the multiverse stuff was coming, it would feel different. But, like, I mean, you know, that could be it. We literally got a movie named "The Multiverse of Madness." We've heard them say Phase Four is all about the multiverse. We kind of yeah. know what's going. You know, we hear all the casting rumors for Spider-Man Three. Like. It would be disappointing if this has nothing to do with that. But it would line up with the whole we're we're taking advantage of this from a meta perspective because we mm. know everybody watching this in the real world knows that we're doing something real, but this one isn't real. Screw you, Evan Peters. You go in first, but you never get justified. We're never going to use you. I don't know. I That's what I'm afraid of, but I don't know. I just don't understand why this would uh, cross over with the American Horror Story universe to be more. <laughs> That's that would have blown my mind in this last episode if amongst the DVDs that Wanda's father was trying to sell, there was like American Horror Story in there. And I, that would really be that would really bother me because I'd be like, well, "What does this mean?" <laughs> I'm actually, I'm just thankful he's not a sword agent because that was my big fear. Like him being in league with Agatha or manipulated by Agatha feels way more palatable than just. Because it's magic. It could mean anything still. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I agree. I guess. So my question is, do we think Wanda is still solely behind everything that's happened, right? Because this most recent episode, you know, full spoilers at this point, if you haven't been there already, you know, Agatha is, you know, the Agatha all along was a joke. It was, you know, I've been here, not uh, I've been doing this, right? That's yeah. still Wanda, um, you know, is there any thought of where that direction came from, that vision she saw uh, in the, the uh, Infinity Stone, is that a future version of her? Is that another character, another villain, right? Like, who so pushed... Time? What was that? Aimless speculation time? Yeah, I think so. I, I yeah. think it looks like, to me, it looked like a future version of her, right? It kind of looked more like her classic costume. Um You know, maybe it was her seeing a future of her own powers and... Um, you know, kind of getting an idea of how they worked. You know, I think, and this is where my lack of knowledge on Wanda and her existence in the MC or in comics, you know, <laughs> hurts me here. Like, she's a mutant. She's not a mutant. She's a witch. She has powers. Like, 
I don't know what her deal is, and, and I'm not sure at this point what Marvel's pulling for what's going to be this big ending. James, you just nailed your nailed and summarized Wanda's entire history on its head. She's <laughs> a mutant. She's not a mutant. I don't know what's going on. That is her Marvel history. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, months to unravel that. I don't think it. It's and, it's a mess. It's a you, genuine mess. We don't need to get into it all here. No, we don't know what the MCU is using. So I don't even like. I wouldn't even call this spoilers if yeah. we were. Well, in the comics, Agatha doesn't really come off as a villain that much. Like I don't know if that's a spoiler because Marvel, like, I, yeah, some of the worst things that have ever happened in a Marvel comic have happened, but from heroes. So like, it's yeah. very, very arguable. Um, <laughs> yeah, I buy that. I think the most empowering thing is Wanda is in the stone. That was a vision of her. I like giving Wanda agency and that she can do things. I also think it's important to distance Wanda a little bit from the horrible things that she is doing, uh, like, you know, taking people's will, will away. So I'm assuming there's some like, and I think that's what we saw in the last episode. I don't think you need any more than that. Uh, she was needled into grief and then it just happened. Uh, I think maybe this is evidence that superhero registration might be a good idea. I don't know. But um, like it's, I don't think she intended to take people hostage or even to resurrect vision like that. She was trying to mourn vision and it just yeah. happened. Uh, I think we're probably going to stick with that. There might be a reveal in the last episode that there was something all along there that uh, manipulated her into doing it this way for some reason. Uh, Mephisto has been rumored for quite a while and it kind of makes sense that he might be doing this for all the reasons he has done things in the comics and elsewhere. But uh, it, we're also running out of time. If you're going to do yeah. it like in the last episode, it would feel almost like a last minute reveal wink. There's something like a sting or an, or an after credit scene or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Agatha has still referenced her husband a number of times. We don't, maybe it's the joke is it's the rabbit. I don't know. We'll find yeah. out. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm not exactly sure what I, I I don't I hope that it doesn't get uh, any more muddled than this is someone who is incredibly powerful who doesn't know that they're that powerful and yeah. an abuse of power or a, or a misuse of power. Uh, something we should bring up it's a it is a kind of an annoying trope, uh, harmful trope having a woman with power grieving losing control of her power and hurting people yeah. uh, is also very unfortunate that. You know, male heroes can do the have the same things happen to them all the time, and no one calls it a trope. No one like complains about it. They're allowed to have, you know, different ways of being interpreted as a character. And there's no real, I don't think there's a good way of doing it, especially if the MCU wants to keep some of the Scarlet Witch intact. Yeah. Uh, he has had some horrible things happen in the length, the run. Uh, so I, I don't think there's a good way of handling it. But there's probably less bad ways. And one of the less bad ways is not making her intentionally hurting people just to get what she wants and probably not being utterly manipulated from point A to point B by some schmo who happens to be in charge of a, a department of the federal government. Yeah. So fingers crossed on the schmo not being like, this was my plan all along. Yeah. I mean, they, he did lie to everybody and say that you she stole the bodies. Now. It's kind of weird. Like, I don't know what he's playing at when they have it all along. And that's where we see the after credit scene from the most recent episode with white vision. Ooh. I'm, so, excited, I'm excited about uh, the fact that 90s vision is uh, 
showing up in the in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, I like the was first introduced to. Yes. We all white out by now, dude. Who, if I remember correctly, when he first appeared in that config color configuration in the comics, it was after he had died and was resurrected without his personality intact. Nice. So this actually makes a lot of sense. It's, it's lining up with the comic books pretty closely. Yeah, he he went full Gandalf, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think uh, I think what they did here is they hit Project Cataract a little too on the nose. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Anybody else have uh, predictions or something? I, I'm sorry. I, I actually know. want to hear what people think about the kids because I've been really nervous about what we're going to go or where we're going with those because I know in the comics it's really murky on that too it's like did she have kids did she not have kids were they real were they not real i don't know we've changed canon on that a few times mm. and I'm, I'm i'm assuming because when we saw vision try to leave the space he started to disintegrate i assume anything created in the space will go away um mm. unless you know you know i think that would that makes the most sense, right? To keep agency with Wanda. She's like, I need to end this, right? You know, well, I don't wasn't fully aware that I started it. I do have the power now after kind of conversing and working with Agatha, you know, to stop this thing, you know, and I'm the hero. So we need to stop this thing. But obviously stopping this thing would mean vision goes away and my kids go away, you know, and grappling with that, you know, and then kind of seeing all of them as heroes being like, no, let's do this together. And then you know that makes a lot of narrative sense however that's, that's that's the angle i'm coming from yeah however watching a lot of the stuff that's been going on in the mcu in general they do seem to be laying the groundwork for the young avengers yeah fair so we've got we've got uh they've recast uh scott lang's daughter right She's she's a more seasoned actress now. Uh, Haley Steinfeld's going to be uh, showing up in the Hawkeye series as um, girl Hawkeye. I can't remember Bishop, her name. Just Hawkeye. Bishop. Bishop. Hawkeye. Yeah. Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I've heard some some rumors about somebody showing up in a uh, Winter Soldier, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So. Baby Steve Rogers. Yeah. Baby <laughs> Steve Rogers from Young Avengers. <laughs> That's a thing that happened. So um, I would be surprised if they completely write off uh, Wiccan and Speed. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. I mean, they could easily do it essentially the way they did it in the, uh, in the comic books, which was to say that Wanda did create them uh, in... The uh, her her with her powers, but eventually their souls or their essences were transferred into two new bodies, mm. two newborn babies. Yeah, and uh, eventually they found they grew up and found each other. Yeah, so it's very weird. Yeah, for me, uh, I would not be satisfied with them being destroyed. 
as well as vision as a way of you know doing the heroic sacrifice thing i don't i don't i'm not into that uh i it's magic they yeah. <laughs> that's it they're alive that's fine what that's if not- what if like the build up for the evil government organization this is my kind of a little fear is that the the end of it is going to wind up being no the hex was right all along like we need to keep this going and that's what that winds up being the 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 fight is that the government guys show up with their white vision and then everyone else kind of has to team up and go fight that and like no we're gonna like keep the hex going because gosh darn it there's lives in here now and it's like uh almost like an ending thing where it's like well you know it sucks that uh we kept living for five years but now that there are kids we no i don't (laughs) i don't feel that being likely uh i would do it because i'm crazy i would be like no i want to stay in the tv universe (laughs) (laughs) that's an interesting point given what we saw in episode eight uh nine no eight Whatever the most recent one was. Yeah. Uh, because it looked like uh, Westview was pretty crappy before Wanda showed up. Like, everybody looked like they were living worse versions of their lives. I when- I almost want to believe that's just Hollywood's view of Jersey. Because no, <laughs> we get a lot thought- of crap for not being New York, essentially. My, my thought process, though, is actually it's a result of the snap slash the blip. Right, uh, half of the people disappeared. Half of this property is unowned. Half of this property is no development. You know what I mean? Like all this stuff happened, and instead of trying to, you know, figure it out, or you know, it just kind of sits in yeah. limbo for a long time. Right? You know, yeah. that all that garbage yeah. that Ant Man passed by in a uh, in Endgame. Like, like if there was just a moment in time where people just were like, "We're not enough resources. F it." Exactly. We don't we don't have the resources to take care of this. Oh, in, go ahead. End game. There's only one movie post end game that kind of deals with it in a comical way, or like as if it's not a big deal. And that would be Far From Home, Spider Man Far From Home, where the kids are like some kids are like God, he got bigger in five years. <laughs> right? Like it was just like an inconvenience to their high school lives. But uh, even in that movie, there's like the murals to Iron Man. Uh, there's definitely a sense in most Marvel projects it seems that the world was not is not good now it's it's better but it's still bad there is this there's a screen in sword headquarters that shows like families being reunited but that's like probably very polished news i i get i also got the impression uh that this was westview was bad because of these big things that have hurt the world uh, or all worlds the universe um and uh yeah i think I think the multiverse, I, I, if anything, I think these kids and the multiverse are going to be hand in hand because it seems really short sighted for Marvel to just blink them out and bring them in just as a gag uh, or in a, in a show. Uh, I might be willing to do that, to believe they are willing to do that for Evan Peters uh, and casting him. But I don't know if I would like all these characters. I also don't know what their future for Vision is. It feels like he has been drastically underused if this is his last project. Um, and yeah. So but what a way to go out though, right? I mean, it's it's it was really enjoyable. I hope it's not. Vision's been one of my favorite Avengers uh, ever since before uh, the Marvel Universe was a thing. But like, I, I, 
I'm, I'm okay if this is where he goes out, but I'm with you, Frank. I would really hope it's not. Um, maybe there's like a weird, I throw my new one into the old one and somehow the old one, new one become the one I remember kind yeah. of thing happens. Yeah. I mean, Gamora. That's yeah. Good, right. That, Gamora is, I don't remember any of the things that happened to Gamora, but I'm beginning to feel exactly the way she feels about things. Uh, and then we have no idea what that will happen. When I've got a theory about the vision. Okay. I think that vision essentially in his last moments in infinity war implanted his consciousness into Wanda. And when and that's why she couldn't feel him at all in when he was split apart there because mm. he was in her. And then when we, because when you see the new vision created in, inside Westview, he's being split out of Wanda. Yeah. So, uh, in whatever way it is, the the vision that we've gotten in Wanda Vision so far has been something that was drawn out of Wanda, whether it's her memories of him or his own consciousness that he saved in her. I'd give that a no prize. And I'd say there's a good chance that we see that vision end up merging with the white vision by the end of the last episode. Uh, Just to piggyback on that, I think maybe the the thing that the vision that Wanda sees uh, in the uh, Infinity Stone may have been vision. Oh, vision. I could. That could be a good idea. Didn't exist. Remember, they remember we went through the time travel. He's the Mind Stone, right? Right. Because yeah. Loki's staff was the Mind Stone, right? Yeah. So they were going back in time. They're jumping around through time in Endgame to get the stones. So we've already established that stones don't. That you can still go back and use them somehow. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like this could be uh, something to do with what Pete's theory was, and and that the vision from the vision came was inside of her and it's a whole it's a whole thing it's a whole thing it's a whole thing so whoever gets closest gets five dollars right yeah (laughs) al's putting up money yeah there we go uh do do we have any other uh any wild predictions or things that we think need to be addressed by the end uh i'd very much like to know what sold a sword's motivation is but i'm pretty sure we're gonna find out it's It's, weapons Yeah, it's the just world yeah. is horrible, but I'm a jerk, so no one likes me. It's it's probably gonna wind up being a very bastardized version of what you said, Frank, of like, oh, we don't know anything. The world is scary now. New measures must be taken. It's like Yeah, we did that already. Like <laughs> we did that when New York got invaded. We 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 had that entire plot um already multiple times. It's just yeah. now it's got a new coat of paint because it's not just Oh, aliens exist. What do we do now? It's now all of a sudden. It's like, oh my god, all of us disappeared. What do we do now? It's like, well, I don't know, guys. I know you went from here. I will only be happy if WandaVision ends with the announcement of the new series, Sword and Shield. Jimmy Woo and Agent Coulson team up. (laughs) And if I don't have that, this will have all been a waste of time. I I gotta say, Agent Woo, man. Like just stole my heart this entire show. At ten out of ten, one of my favorite characters to be sure. Like if he doesn't like get a bigger role in in, in the next movie or next show, 
sorely disappointed. Love this guy. I'm telling you, there's a comics gem out there, Agents of Atlas, led by yep. Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, the Marvel Universe needs Gorilla Man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pick up the comic, read it. You will agree with me 100%. Gorilla Man is one of the best characters out there. He's currently appearing in Avengers, actually. All right. Uh, now we know. Everyone go out there, read Gorilla Man. Or read Agents of Atlas for Gorilla Man. <laughs> I'd like to know more about what Agnes uh, or Agatha, whatever, is uh, doing. I, I kind of wish we had seen Agatha just living in Westview, right? Just like while yeah. Wanda was doing her drive through Just like, like, hey, I was living here undercover, and then you did this to my town. Other yeah. than showing up. But uh, I don't know if I don't know if we're ever going to get a good answer on why Agatha showed up. But I like I think we need it, and I think we I think we need something with Monica too. She's just kind of been not in this anymore, and uh, even if she has a little bit to do in the last episode, I'd like it to dial into who she is as a character as opposed to just being like, oh, and who is that missing person that Sword sent uh, Monica in there in the first place to find? Uh, was it Vision? Is this just the uh, just more insane logic plan plot thing that yeah what did happen to that beekeeper guy where is he no not him uh not he's, him. He, got, he's he man. got hexed i'm sorry right. uh uh monica was sent there allegedly to find a missing person that's when she first went to westville oh we, yeah we never heard about that again we've never and agent wu has never said anything about Oh, look, our missing person is the ice cream guy. You know, it's never been brought up. Uh, so that feels like it's something that needs to hit hard. Yeah. Uh, unless it's just director uh, bad guy. Director bad guy was like, no, we needed Monica there for reasons. Yeah. It may <laughs> wind up being like the uh, the engineer thing where it's a little bit of build up to kind of nothing. Where it's like, oh, it was just this woman that she knew, as I opposed to this engineer thing. I had, n I put no thought in, and everybody was like, "Reed Richards is like, who? Oh. An engineer?" I'm like, I don't even remember her saying that. <laughs> there was a music swell and everything. I thought it meant something, but eh. I'm still hoping we get an engineer. I don't think that was her engineer friend. Yeah, we'll find yeah. out. Yeah, we'll find out. I guess that one. Uh, although I think uh, Fitzsimmons, I think as people in this things have said, one of Fitzsimmons or both would be yeah. one yeah. Of as an engineer, and I would be happy to be wrong. The most important thing that needs to happen: Monica needs to be in there. Agatha needs to have a little bit more. We need to get some closure on a bunch of story arts. But the thing that needs to happen is we need to have at least one B story about Bergen County Blue Laws. <laughs> <laughs> I need it to be complicated. I need someone to go to the oh, but it's closed on Sundays. What are we gonna do? I don't know. It's closed on Sundays. <laughs> I need that to happen. It's the only way this is gonna feel real to me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna thank you all for joining me for our look back and our look forward at uh WandaVision. It's been one heck of a ride, really. Just uh like man, I, again, never been so hot and cold on a show, and just really having this like white knuckle ride going on it. But yeah, I want to thank you, uh, Frank, James, and Pete for coming in. Uh, everyone, please feel free to follow us on the podcatcher of your choice, and go mm -hmm. over to nondashproductive.com. 
Uh, but and oops, sorry. No, yeah, no, that's fine. And burp, that's okay. Or whatever that was. <laughs> Maybe lose internet for a brief moment. We don't know. Follow follow us on Facebook at not uh, non pro fan uh, non pro fan club. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good Yeah.